the Dockhouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 7, Episode 15, Chapter 132, Miss Teen Riverdale. Betty, Veronica, Cheryl, and Tony each enter the annual Miss Teen Riverdale pageant. When Alice doesn't allow Ethel to enter the pageant, the girls band together to make sure she has a fighting chance. Cool. I, I just hate that we couldn't have made Ethel. I mean, I like Ethel in this universe because they've they've made her a person of substance. But we couldn't have had this in the other part of the series? No. And then you basically wrote her off and shipped her off. And, like, they did Shannon Purser dirty. <laughs> like, they did. Same, they, like... They, they never cared as Ethel more than just a plot device. Yeah. So why all of a sudden does she matter now? Yeah. Which I I can tell you she matters as a plot device to this universe. That's mm-hmm. that's the end logical point here that this is going to precipitate other things falling into place. Um but yet again, we now only have five more episodes. And we're going to we're just going to be here, never bring back Tabitha and just be like, "Well, here it is." Yeah, it's really it's just weird. I mean, the episode is fine. Like I'm fine with the episode. This is the type of thing that could have happened in any other season. It's like, why is this important now? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that That's the entire season here. It's like, well, this is kind of cool and fun, but why? Yeah. Why? So we start out the episode with each of the girls writing to Betty uh, as the girl next door. Veronica is talking about, you know, sick of living in a world where no one takes her seriously. Tony is, you know black bold and beautiful and the world doesn't celebrate those things cheryl is worried that the world isn't gonna love her if she reveals who she really is midge feels like a ticking time bomb clearly because she's pregnant and she doesn't Mm -hmm. want the world to stigmatize her as a woman with loose morals evelyn wants to know why (laughs) Uh, the girl next door thinks they know everything fair and ethel wants to know you know if the world is ever going to see her as beautiful okay so like a serious one like all of these are serious but ethel's is the saddest well yeah yeah um and that's just really the feeling i get for ethel is that she's just sad ethel and it's just like you know i remember in the comics ethel was a little bit she was she was just kind of looked at a little askew but that's part of why her and jughead always got got linked together because they were both kind of like that and i do love their friendship in this show because they're playing off of that trope but then you put her with the other girls and you don't give her any even footing and i hate it and it's just i do appreciate that in this version that they didn't play up as much the looks aspect um as they have before this is the beauty pageant i understand but it is absolutely done. Well, they bring they bring it also back to, and I do think this is important under the plot device, the fact that her parents are dead and the fact that she was involved in all this all this drama and weirdness. Yes, but it's just it it the beauty thing is definitely a huge piece of this. <sighs> huge. Yeah. Huge. And if Ethel and I would feel Less weird about it if Ethel at, in this world was written as somebody who had complete confidence in her ability and who she was. Not, 
you know, they've made her so mousy and it's just like, you know what? I am hot shit. I may not look like those other girls, but I am hot shit. And I know what I'm good at. And I know I'm beautiful. And someone's going to think I'm beautiful. I do not care. If they had given her that attitude and then, then she was fighting against that stereotype, it would have been so much more interesting. Well, you're asking that from Riverdale. I'm asking that from a show that's being written in 2023. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So we see Ethel's drawing. Uh, we're at the Cooper house. And Betty compliments her on this. She goes, oh, my God, that's amazing. Is that for class? And Ethel's like, no, I'm doing the sign-up sheet for the pageant. And your mom asked me to be her assistant. And Betty is like, ugh. That cattle call again. And at Alice comes in and is just like, well, it's going to be a big deal. We're doing it live. And, you know, you might actually be interested because, you know, they're going to be a screen test to which Betty's like, I could care less. There's going to be a free car. I don't even have my license. A scholarship for any school that they get accepted to. And Betty's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> what's, what's happening now? Hold on a second. Uh, yeah. Which is fair uh, because they're doing it live. They've got big sponsors. They're they have they're giving away like these huge prizes. So Betty's starting to think on this a little bit. And Alice, being Alice, tells Ethel to change the girl on the poster from a blonde to a brunette because she would be more attractive. <laughs> Alice got it. Alice. It's very good. The Alice Betty dynamic is very good this episode. I I like when Alice and Betty are kind of being petty at each other. Love it. It's fun. Like those digs are fun, even though Alice is a deeply flawed person, but so is Betty. So it's kind of fun. Oh, uh, Alice calling her Miss Grumpy Pants USA. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> we go to school and Veronica is signing up and Betty's like, huh? And Veronica does have this great line. What do the rules say about outside designers? Because Edith Head has been dying to design a bathing suit for me. Really? Edith Head, one of the best costume designers. In the universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a good drop. I'm fine with it. Uh, Betty's kind of horrified that she would be doing this. Veronica says, well, I'm doing it because it would be great publicity for my business. That's the decision. And Betty kind of goes on and on about like, but they're just objectifying you. And Veronica kind of explains like, yeah, if you only look at it that way, but it can also be empowering. I choose to see myself as beautiful. And I am. And so all the girls talk about like the different ways in which it could be something. It could do something good for their lives. And they just all decide they're going to make a pact to they're all just going to they're all going to consider themselves winners. No cat fighting or backbiting, except against Evelyn Evernever, who, of course, was the first to sign up annoyingly. <laughs> so, OK, cool. They're all doing it for their own reasons. And it's not necessarily to win the crown. No, and it's just what they would do if they won. Good things. All all fine. Yeah. We cut to Fangs and Midge talking, and Fangs is worrying about Midge being in the pageant, you know, in your condition, you know, being in heels for hours on end. And Midge says, you know, this may be the last time I get to do something as just a 16-year-old girl, which Fangs instantly goes, okay, so those things I just said, uh, I sit. You you go compete your heart out on stage, which is very sweet. Aww. He says, you're going to be the hottest mama with the classiest chassis in the whole town. Okay, that was a bit too much. It's cheesy, but I love it. It's very greaser. but <laughs> That's why I love it. It brings me joy. I, I didn't. 
Uh, we cut to the locker room and it's just Betty and Veronica. And Veronica's like, you should do this. And Betty's like, no. And Veronica's like, okay, if your mom wasn't hosting, would you do it? And that makes Betty be like, ah, oh, man. Could go wherever you want, Sarah Florence. Or Smith College. <laughs> so you have thought about it. Of course she has. She's Betty. So she walks in the hall. She signs it for the pageant. And we cut directly to the Cooper house. And Alice is annoying the shit out of her. Mm -hmm. She's worried that Betty's just doing this to ruin her. What's her ulterior motive? And then we find out Alice was once the queen. Because of course she was. Mm -hmm. Um, But before that, she wanted to be a stewardess. And Betty's like, I didn't know this about you. And she's like, yes. I'm like, well, why didn't you do that? Well, I got married and then I had your sister and you. Which this brought up something that I hadn't really thought much of in this world. Where's Charles? <laughs> Does Charles exist in this world? Because the way it talks later, you definitely know she got married because she got knocked up. Mm, no, they don't. I, they don't have time to introduce that part of the plot line. I know, but it's funny. But it's, <laughs> it's just like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Um, so then Alice basically just shoes it off. He's like, well, we have to get um, hard hard at work at rehearsal. Betty's like, huh? I was like, yes, it's hard work training for the pageant. Uh-oh. Now you got to get a good night's sleep. No shadowy bags under those eyes in the morning. Riverdale. Riverdale. Oh, no. Oh, yes. We cut to the music room at school. We basically live there again for another episode. And the girls are walking in a circle with books on their heads. And like... Alice talks about, you know, appearance, posture, carriage, and character. These are the elements that go into making Miss Riverdale Teen Queen. You will be an ambassadrix. Which is not a word. I mean, it kind of is. This happened and Ethel imagines herself being, you know, called and she's daydreaming about winning. And, you know, while she's there, you know, she accepts it from Alice. And she's like, I just wish my parents were alive to see it. Well, they are. And then we see them in the audience. and <laughs> So she, goofy. Uh, and then as part of her prize, her self-portrait is going to be hung in the Guggenheim for all to see, which is also funny because her picture's done in the style of the Mona Lisa. And the Guggenheim is famously a modern art museum. It's all very stupid. But then as a part of her, <laughs> her dream, Jughead is her boyfriend, mm -hmm. which is adorable. Uh, then Alice snaps her out of it and they've got to get going to Mrs. Andrew's dress shop. Which is named. Was Did you named? see the name on her dress shop? No. It is Perky in Peach. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. They All did right. that shit. Perky in Peach. That's, mm -hmm. that's... For anyone who may not understand this, Molly Ringwald was famously in John Hughes' seminal teen film Pretty in Pink. There's There are better ones. It, but they did it, and I saw it and went, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're in, we're in Mary's shop. We're fitting the dresses. We find out that Mary also ran for Queen 2. And she said, you know, I always thought it would be a stepping stone to other important things, like First Lady. And there's a part of that which is like, yes, it sounds like it's a very, like, that's what you think is, like, the next stepping stone, First Lady. But it's also a dig at Alice. Mm -hmm. like for all of your bullshit alice you won and you're still here doing this <laughs> alice tries to like talk be like well the most important thing would be a wife and mother to which mary's kind of like yeah for our generation but i think for our daughter's generation it's more than that which is 
nice. Um, we get a lot of like political commentary here, which is like, when can we have a female present or even a black one? And it's just they nuts. drop so many of these things. It's not as funny as the later drop they do. The later drop is awesome. This one is <laughs> super obnoxious. Um, then we cut over to Ethel, who is uh hemming Betty's dress, and Ethel is crying. Mm-hmm. And you know, Betty's like, hey, "What is it?" And she's like, oh, "Don't worry, I won't get tears on your dress." Like, "Oh no!" And she's like, "You're just, you're just so beautiful, Betty." And Betty's just like, "I, I don't, I, thank you." Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, what do you do with that? It's very hard. But then it's Midge's turn to get fitted, and Mary is kind of like, "Oh, I think we need to let this out a little bit." To which puts Alice on alert, and she goes right up to Midge, like, "Let's have a talk privately later." Also, Evelyn, the worst. Evelyn is the worst. I love Evelyn. This Evelyn is great because it's totally opposite to the Evelyn we had in our timeline. So she's great. She's just a fabulous, annoying stick in the mud. (laughs) She's like S1 Cheryl. Mm -hmm. So later, we're in Betty's room and she's asking Ethel about like what was going on. Did something happen? And I was like, no, I just wish I was competing. And Betty's like, you're so beautiful. Why aren't you? And she's like, yeah, you you know, like what your mom said. I, it can't be me. The girls whose parents were murdered. The girl who's quiet and likes comic books and draws creepy pictures. And <laughs> Betty says straight from the fridge, you're such a wonderful, beautiful person. And she's just trying to be like, you have more pep in your little finger than the rest of us do. And you should be competing with us. And which I was like, no. Sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. Which So, like, that's where I do find this interesting, though, right? They bring it back to that plot point. They do. The the embodiment of Riverdale, which in the weirdest way is like, well, actually, if you're going to think back about all seven seasons of this show. Yeah. Ethel's circumstances really are the entirety of Riverdale. Sure, and that's fine. But again, I wish this version of Ethel wasn't mousy, wasn't like... So insecure. I w- it would have been great to have someone who is completely secure with her talents and who she is. And like, maybe she's like, I just, I wish I had an opportunity like this to show, to like showcase my talents to people. Like, I wish my parents were here to see the success that I'm having. Cause you know, she did have a comic book get published. That's awesome. Like, if they made it more about that and not just, like, I'm not as beautiful as everybody else, it would have been so much better for the character and the show at large. Yeah, well, and and it being, like, I didn't sign up in time or I just didn't think about it or, you know. You know it's like, my talent is drawing. Why am I going to, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like, how do I do that on stage? Which, like, would have been fine. And then she sings. She sings, which she does have a beautiful voice. Anyway, Midge and Alice go to Pops. They go to Pops, and Midge looks horrified. And then Alice goes, okay, so how far along are you? And no fibbing, because I recognize that glow. And then we get that like tunnel vision zoom into Midge, where she just makes a big gulp. And this is why I think Alice got pregnant, and that's why her and Hal got married. Just like in our timeline, the difference was, wasn't Hal's baby. Oh, well... In that timeline, this one, who the hell knows? This one, it could have been Polly. I don't care. I'm fine with like them re redoing it that way. That's fine because then we have to deal with the FP of it. But that's also why Alice is so, don't you dare talk to boys. 
<laughs> of course. Yeah, which again, it's all makes the total same sense. shit all over again. Yeah, it makes complete sense. We cut over to the music room and we find out that Midge uh, is no longer with us. What happened? Did Midge die? Because <laughs> in our timeline, yes, she did. But also that phrasing. Oh, absolutely. No, no. She's still alive, but regrettably, she's no longer eligible. She's been sent to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, which makes all the girls go, oh, no. It's like, eh, we'll see her in six or seven months. <laughs> which Veronica finally clues in. Wait, six or does that mean? Huh? <laughs> and then Alice goes on this whole thing about and this is just a good reminder not to let your bodies be defiled. So basically don't bone. We're going to have some good, clean fun this afternoon. So then the girls leave class and they're walking and they're going over to the doghouse. Hey! And basically, like, that's when Veronica's asking these questions. And then Evelyn just goes, she she has a bun in the oven. How do you know that? I thought you were supposed to be smart. And then they're like, Evelyn, shut your pie hole. It's the worst kept secret in town. Second worst after you two. Evelyn in this scene is the best addition. <laughs> we haven't had a curmudgeon like this, period. And I love her. Mm -hmm. She has been needed in these like these bigger girl groups because you need one person who just is like, this is bullshit and I hate it all because that's real life. She had some of those moments, but also she was like leading a weird, creepy cult. So that's, that's fine. Uh, she was busy. Um, so then Betty asks some questions like, wait, so did they? Yes. Just once or multiple times. Like they've been doing it a while. And like then Tony is like, look, they love each other. This isn't just some cautionary tale. Like they actually love each other. So like shut up. And like Betty's like, so how did she end up getting uh okay? And then everyone's like, wait, no, I understand that, but were they using <laughs> protection? Everyone, uh, including Evelyn, staring at her like, don't you're not this don't stupid. tell us. <laughs> and so then they're, talk they're talking a little bit about protection. And then Veronica goes, you know what? Like, I don't, they should make something like a pill that girls can take to protect them from accidents, even <laughs> happy ones. <laughs> so ridiculous. Which, to be fair, the first birth control pill was, it was created in the 50s. But it wasn't actually on the market and approved in the for by the FDA until about 1960. Oh, and it was a whole thing. Like it was a whole social stigma and blocked by states. It sure. didn't. You couldn't so, get it until like the 70s or 80s. Well, you couldn't more regularly get it until end of the 60s, 70s. Uh, yeah, Loretta Lynn has a whole song about it. Mm -hmm. I had to look it up just to be like, when exactly was it? Because it was it was in the works during this time. Which, so that's fair. Just, but huh. The whole, like, what did I complain about the first, like, three seasons of the show? It's like, for this much fucking boning is happening on this show, <laughs> there needs to be just one or two lines about protection. It is irresponsible. And then finally it happened when Betty told her mom that she was on the pill because she didn't want to repeat her siblings, her, her sister and her mom's mistake for that matter. So, like, I'm pleased with this. I just love the the Evelyn reaction. Just going out with greaser trash. You are cruising for bruising. I don't think anyone asked you, you goon from Saskatoon. Goon from Saskatoon. <laughs> and then, you know, and then like Betty gets this look on her face. She's like, oh, what are you thinking about? Just how quickly your entire life can change. 
you know, and how one night can decide everything for you. And then she makes eyes at Ethel, which like, I like that because she's, she's thinking about it in the pregnancy terms. But then, you know, of course, we're thinking about like her, Ethel's parents were murdered. One night changed everything for her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut to lockers and Betty's like, so you were quiet, Ethel. And Ethel's like, yeah, the sister quiet mercy is a horrible place. We got to get like mid shouldn't be there. That's and fair. But he's like, okay, yeah, like we definitely need to work on that. But also you should replace Mitch because now we have an opening. Well, what about your mom? Ah, I, I'll figure that one out. I have someone <laughs> in mind to be her assistant. Oh, Betty. So when we get to the front of schools, Bangs has been told about what happened to Midge. He wants to bust her out. And they're like, you can't kidnap Midge after she's been kidnapped. <laughs> um, and also, you don't know if her parents know if you're the father. So, I mean, you got to stick to the original plan. You write a hit song, you get a gold record under your belt, and you become undeniable to Midge's parents. Sure. This is completely reasonable. <laughs> Finks has the most intelligent, thoughtful arc of this entire season. It, I, I like how anytime, <laughs> like, so, like, he's about to, like, go a little off the edge and someone says something, he's like, okay, you're right. I am wrong. I can, like, okay. Well, to be fair, he is a big old dum-dum. He's a great himbo. I'm here for it. He loves his lady, and he's just looking out for her. Uh, This is very dumb. He is very dumb. Go to the music room, and Ethel is in a big, poofy yellow dress with a book on her head walking around. Betty's helping her. Alice comes in, and she goes, huh? What? (laughs) And uh, Betty just is like, Ethel's replacing Midge. Well, what about my assistant? In walks Dilton. Here's your job, Mrs. Cooper. Just the way Betty said you like it. And Alice is just like, uh, Betty, come speak with me. So we go outside. Alice is pissed. She says, Ethel can't be queen for the obvious reasons. It's not a charity. She's got an unsavory history. And like, Betty's just like, you're a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And this is ridiculous. And since you did this, you have to tell her that she can't be in the pageant. Ooh. And stomps away. That's kind of the perfect power play from Alice. Sure. Like, because it's just like you made this mess, you have to clean it up. I mean, yeah, exactly. Which you know, fair. But this, uh, so again, we don't have the charity, but the I have to protect the office of Teen Queen, mm-hmm. and we're going to get to where I am starting to understand exactly why Alice does not want Ethel in this pageant. Yeah, but we'll get there. Yeah. Oh no, it's start. It's starting. It, there's there's some lines that you're like, oh yeah, we get it. We cut to the dark room and Betty is complaining about what her mom's doing to Tony, Cheryl, and Veronica. And they're just kind of like, well, what do we do? Like, well, let's go on strike, essentially. Like, we're, we're going to make it so that if, if she doesn't compete, we don't compete. Because her mom's nuttier than a Christmas fruitcake. But also, Veronica suggests maybe we should go to someone more inclined to listen to reason or threats. Like <laughs> your dad. And you shouldn't go alone. You should go with a seasoned negotiator like me. Classic B and V mess around. B and E with B and V. <laughs> so we cut over to the station and like they're getting things ready and set up and they're talking to Hal and he's like, what's up? And he's like, so we got to talk about Ethel mugs. And he's like, nope, stop. I've already heard a bunch. There's no wiggle room. And Veronica starts asking questions about the TV ads. And she's like, okay, so you're already out the money. And Hal's like, what are you getting at? She goes, either Ethel participates or none of us do. And then you won't have a show. And he's like, ah, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> She's like, oh, so we're doing that. And also, um, we're not doing the swimsuit promenade because that's gross. And Hal's just like, damn. 
But that's the judge's favorite segment. The look from Betty and Veronica. Mm-hmm. It's sexist and two of the judges are teachers from our school. So yeah, no. <laughs> Big fucking no, dude. Just, I'm sure. <laughs> so then we cut to the Cooper house and Alice is yelling at Harold. Uh-huh. Which I love. It's great. Um, She's like, you know, you always undercut me, which is especially galling since I've spent the best years of my life cleaning up your messes. Bing! Red flag. Red flag. So what messes could we be talking about? Um, Could it be the fact that Hal is a secret blossom? Could it be that Hal is a murderer? Has Alice been cleaning up his murdering? Which we had posited that she knew earlier in the season that that was something that she knew he did. So, I don't know. Especially with respect to Ethel and the fight they were having earlier. Mm. What if Ethel wins? Yeah. They're going to come looking into things. Yep. Uh-huh. Which would be their family into their past. Uh-huh. Which means we would uncover things that we're not supposed to know. Look. <laughs> stupid. But it makes a lot more sense why she is so hell-bent on not having her there. And her reactions later. No, I agree. It's just stupid. Well, okay, but man, we got a grade on a curve here, all right? I mean, do we? We're almost done. <laughs> so we cut over to Betty's room and the girls are getting ready and Ethel's like, they're not fighting about me, are they? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, Betty. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to the boys gathering at Pops. They are oh there God. to watch the pageant on a tiny little TV and like, it's time for the evening gown promenade and they're talking about it apparently they had missed up creek pageants every spring for reggie along with butter carving competitions everybody stares at him like what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> um and then like julian's like i can't believe they cut the bathing suit you really want to see your sister prancing around in a bathing suit kind of pervy no oh they all start <laughs> ribbing on him it's they're all laughing and julian's like drop dead jones <laughs> Right. And so then Clay's like, everyone be quiet. Kevin's about to sing. <laughs> so we go to the station. Kevin's there in his blue uh, jacket and he starts singing Some, some Enchanted, enchanted Evening. evening. Um, the girls come out and like as is happening, like Alice is just like, oh, like she's li- reliving her time. Yeah, she's super into it. And I, I get it. This was like the last big moment for her mm. before she had to go do life <laughs> yeah which is like what midge was trying to do yeah like the dresses are okay um veronica and betty definitely have the best one cheryl's is fine it's just really red tony's is horrible it's got this black and green column that is just weird and i mean evelyn looks appropriately drab um hers is like really heavily beaded so it's just like womp, womp. <laughs> um, and then ethel's is yellow very, very yellow. It is very, very yellow. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. So interesting. We kind of skip over everyone's talent and we get directly to Ethel singing. And she sings Who Will Love Me As I Am, which is an original composition. And she sings and she actually does have a really beautiful voice. The boys, you know, just exclaim at her talent like, wow, this is great. Reggie, Reggie, think I'm in love. I think I'm in love. And so then we, <laughs> when she's done and everybody's cheering at how wonderful she is, we cut back to the boys talking about who did what. And so we find out that Veronica did a tightrope acrobat ad. Bl- Betty delivered the Getty Bur- Burger dress. 
um which is pretty funny but clay says if there's any justice ethel will win there's any justice Uh, yeah so then we get to you know hal's talking about like what um the girl who wins is gonna get and then alice comes on and she gets to read the name and she takes one look at it and then she goes it's ethel muggs and then we get this bit where she leans in to hal's like everyone's watching so based so you know she's ethel didn't really win uh-huh and so everyone alice who- is here alice is here to tear everything the fuck down mm-hmm. hell hath no fury like an alice scorned oh yeah um yeah and everyone's excited yeah clay says i knew we should have you know made the musical about her it's adorable and we get a hollywood fade on ethel and she's just you know saying thank you so much thank you so much mm-hmm. uh we we cut back to basically the next day and the payphone is ringing at Pops and Fangs is running in. He goes, Cheryl said I'd be getting a call any minute. Go on. <laughs> and uh, he gets the phone and it's Mitch calling from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And she's like, my parents know, you know, Miss Cooper talked to them. Next thing I knew, I was in a car being driven here. Fangs just saying you just have to stay in there and stay strong. We're going to get through this. We're going to be a family. We're going to get married um and she goes i you know of course i love you love you too yeah so like that happened <laughs> and then we cut to betty coming downstairs um to see alice sitting you know with her cup of tea or coffee and she's kind of just stewing and she, she's like is everything okay is this you know sour grapes because ethel won and i lost now alice is just like you think you know everything and she throws the envelope at her and so betty opens it and she sees that her name is on it she should have won she goes wait you know like ethel didn't win she goes that's right your father and the judges were furious when i read her name instead of yours but what could they do it would have been embarrassment to them and the station and betty's just like i don't get it you wanted ethel to win and alice just like maybe but i truly believe that miss teen riverdale can change lives and even a life as broken or as hopeless as ethel's um, well, maybe i didn't want you to win yeah which, of course, she has to sting her. And so Betty's just like, you know, no, hold on. Um, And then Alice really gets into her face like, no, this Elizabeth, even with all your do-gooding and grandstanding, Ethel would have lost. Her life is going to be better because of me. You remember that no matter what happens next. What does that mean? What happens next? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what does this mean? Like, that's a really fucked up threat from Alice. It's not surprising. But then Betty kind of goes, you know, you can downplay, you can say whatever you want to me, but you did a decent thing and I may not understand why, but I'm going to choose that deep down, you're a good person. And I was just like, you think so, do you? And Betty just says, I do. And I love you. And then she walks away and Alice just kind of doesn't know what to do with that. She's got those feelings. It's like, this is Pete Cooper. Yeah. And so then we cut to Betty um you know writing for her um teen mystique um with uh, all the girls that in their nom de plums dear oh monica posh dear sandy sapphire dear coral Peasbottom, dear bitsy block dear carrie carry on dear edith cups first of all let me begin by saying you are not alone in this world and though it may not feel like it today there's hope for tomorrow in fact we girls are that hope riverdale, riverdale. Feels like very much on a, on a very special episode of Riverdale. Oh, well. But also. Ethel's life is changed for the better. And Alice learns that her daughter loves her. 
and that all of the shit is about to come crumbling down around them. Maybe I don't. I we have five episodes left. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know nothing. They are. They are going to do it once again. They are going to pull it out of their butts one last time to explain what the hell is going on. Not going to do shit. <laughs> we say that and then they do it every time uh, how about we go see the next time on and figure out if they've got anything new to say okay so next week is called stag and they find a porno which is funny I can get on board with that, but oh, let's use it as an opportunity to exploit our female characters. Yay. Did you see who was in black and white and may be in said stack film? Yes, it does appear to be one Penelope Blossom. No, 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 no. That is Polly Cooper. That does not look like, that is not, uh uh-uh. Well, if you go read the description and some pictures, you will note that she is coming back this next episode. She is coming back if you read a different description of the episode. That's not her. That's not her. Looked like her. I don't think so. That looks like Penelope Blossom. Either would make sense. I'm fine. That could totally be the reason. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? Like really, (laughs) I at this point, I don't give two fucks. I don't give two fucks who's doing porn. Like. Good for you. Have fun. I hope you got made. It got, got paid well. <laughs> I so do not care. What what secrets do you think will be revealed, Diana? Someone did porn. <laughs> Other people want to do the things they're seeing in the porn. That would be Cheryl and Tony. Let's be clear. Don't give a fuck. Like, let's <laughs> exploit them more. Woohoo. <sighs> drama props. Drama props. Yeah, it just whatever. This show's really dumb. We've only got to do this five more times. Five more times. And then we're done. What happens if they do pull it out in the end? I will be shocked and also probably appalled. (laughs) And then I'll be like, well, done with that. Bye. They figure it out in the last two episodes and we'll just be so mad, but also (gasps) applaud them. Well, at this point, because I think I figured out what the ending is. That we this cycle just continues and you keep going and going and going and that's fine. Mm, I don't know. I don't hate it, but that is definitely not what they've been leading to for seven seasons. So they can fuck off. If they figure something else out, I will stand up and I will salute and then I will throw it into the brain garbage. Okay, I'm fine with that. Well, until next time, hashtag go, go bulldog. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.